Breaking news, amateur podcast hosts have been spotted all across the country. Witnesses say they don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it anyway. Let me take you on a journey. What exactly is a podcast? David, you're a sea cucumber. What is this? Yellow Mac Yak Mac the Young One's Yours. Yesterday's Law and Dodd Sale I Yawn. Zigzag Zombies Zoom into the Zenith. Zero and Zen Thoughts over Zealous Prime and Zealot. I was like, what is this? But then I got it when you said Zigzag something other. Zigzag Zombies Zoom into the Zenith? Do you still know all the words to that? I do know all the words to that. Really? I do. You want me to do it live on the podcast right now? How long does it take? Probably too long. We could do it for the patrons. We'll do it for the patrons afterwards, yeah. Okay. If, you, if you're if you not subscribed to the Patreon, you need to subscribe and watch William do the alphabet rap. rap. Is that yeah. what it's called? Alphabet rap, yeah, I believe. Yeah, he's memorized yeah. it. It's pretty impressive. So back that'll be like at the end of this episode. Grade. Yeah. You, do, you don't do like a refresher on it every once in a while. You just like go back and watch the YouTube video. You just have memorized no, it and it's stuck I in just your brain. It. It's there. It's you, permanently there. Do you think that you memorizing that has pushed anything else out of your brain? Like you can't do like something else or memorize something else function normally. Yeah. Yeah. Just at all. That's just, it just, takes up most just, of your brain capacity. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, it's actually a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's weird stuff like that. Like things that I obsess over, I, I never lose the ability to do it. Yeah. So like I will be able to solve a Rubik's cube without hesitation for the rest of my life. I will be able to do the alphabet rap probably even if I have dementia like it, that's one of those things that I'll remember and like yeah. I won't be able to remember who I met that morning but like I'll remember the alphabet rap like, the that's brain just how, weird like that that's just how my brain is it's super weird like stuff that I obsess over for like weeks at a time it never leaves yeah I know yep. all the old magic tricks I used to know because I obsessed over that I know like all just all the weird skills that I like made myself learn I will be able to do or remember for the rest of my life it's you'll be in the home a, and you'll be yeah. doing magic tricks for all the other residents and i'll be in the home just randomly did a name and diamond dick daily window demonstrations <laughs> just, be sitting there just like chanting to myself it's gonna be like uh there's a little good, taste man? for you <laughs> the answer is no i'm not doing good um but yeah the answer so, is no my family no. hasn't visited me because i won't stop alphabet route rapping. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't remember my, my son's name, but I sure do remember that uh, that rap from Daniel Radcliffe on The Tonight Show. Yep. Is that why you did it? Because he did it on The Tonight Show or did you hear no. it before? So one of my friends, Hunter, um, was like, hey, have you heard this rap? And I was like, no. So we listened to it and we were like, all right, let's have a competition. Who can memorize this faster? And it took me uh, two days. Nice. So, but figured it out and i was the first one i beat him by a long shot it took him like two weeks <laughs> well you also so beat me it, in being that. able to uh solve a rubik's cube faster than i can so but i think in your defense i think i obsessed over it for like hours yeah like you were kind of doing it casually in the car and like reading the directions and i was just sitting there like obsessively reading the directions and trying it over and over and over and doing it during the graduation party and like the entire night after that. And so I, it's just cause I, I have a problem. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's cause good. I need I help. Think it's a gift. Not... 
it's a gift that maybe just needs some uh fine tuning probably yeah yeah speaking of insanity this is amateur hour sure we don't know what we're doing but we're doing it anyway thanks for listening uh my name is jackson moon one of your hosts tonight i'm william lafour your other host tonight and once again we are davidless david just has decided he doesn't like us anymore and he likes his family better he wants to spend time with them and uh so yeah we'll see if we'll see if he comes back he might just enjoy yeah. this break two weeks in a row and be like yeah you know what i don't like you guys anymore maybe and then we would just have to do the jackson william podcast yeah we'd have to change it up completely yeah or last week we called it the bro bro podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah which just seems like the worst thing you could do to your podcast because that's kind of mm-hmm. like what most pro- podcasts are nowadays anyway. It's just two bros and they're like broing out. Yep. Speaking so, of broing out, I do have um I do have something before we start the actual episode. Okay. Have you seen have you seen the show Beef on Netflix with Steven Ewan? No, I, I watched the previews for it. Um and I have been meaning to watch it because I think it's been nominated for some awards, but and I love Steven Ewan. So Yeah. It's pretty freaking good. Is it? I watched it over the last two days. Nice. Yeah, it's only 10 episodes. They're like 30 minutes long. So it's only about five hours of content, but it was pretty good. Yeah, it was a pretty good show. I'm not going to lie. It's a it's a very unique uh, concept and that's not been done before, cool. at least that I've seen. So but yeah, it's a it's, it's pretty phenomenal show, I must say. Yeah, I'll have to check that show out. I've been yeah, meaning, to, good. meaning to watch. I it, recommend so. it. So tonight's on Amateur Hour, we have an episode where we're going to be talking about Something that's going on kind of across on the other side of the world right now in Saudi Arabia, and it's The Line is what they're calling the project. It is a urbanization initiative of Saudi Arabia's kind of desert area uh, outside of their other major cities right now and uh, other communities and urban centers, at least. And we have some information about what's going on with that. Uh, The reason we wanted to cover this is that they have broken ground now on the spot where they're going to be doing it, which is a big deal because a couple of years ago, this was just kind of a concept that they came out with as this huge initiative to, I don't know, revolutionize their, their cities and things like that. So we've got some, some information about that and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And if you don't know what this is, it, look up a picture on the internet first of all just so you can kind of see what's going on it's it's literally called the line um and it's it's being built in saudi arabia essentially what this is is they're taking a mega city and they're putting it into a straight line in an enclosed building with its own ecosystem and its own like means of transportation inside of it so there's this is like a carless self-sustaining carbon neutral building quote, quote unquote carbon yeah, neutral quote unquote carbon neutral building that they're trying to build in a straight line that is 170 kilometers long which is i don't know like 200 something miles yeah it's 200 and no no, no. so it'd be 106 miles long oh still a lot yeah that's still a very long very very long uh building so yeah, and it's essentially buildings inside of this giant one building uh, with mirrored sides. It's 500 meters high, supposed to be 200 meters wide. 
Uh, so it's it's a fantastical vision of this new future for Saudi Arabia. And I just want to go ahead and read. I've written up a summary of many different videos that I've watched and many different articles that I've read uh, that William and I kind of watched some videos together as well, kind of talking about this, got, got us interested in doing an uh, actual episode on this. And so I just want to go ahead and read to give you guys a summary of what's going on in Saudi Arabia with this project. So Saudi Arabia has just shocked the world with a 170-kilometer-long, 500-meter-high linear city concept. It either represents the cutting edge of architecture or a grim, dystopian future. The plans for this new kind of sci-fi-like city called The Line will be north of the Red Sea with no cars, no streets, and zero carbon emissions, supposedly. It will be home to more than 9 million people and include robot maids, an artificial moon, flying cars, and more. Nice. <laughs> that makes me laugh, just reading some of the things that they're <laughs> An proposing. artificial moon. Yeah, which I want to get into because the way that it's designed does not seem like an artificial moon would make any sense uh, in this particular spot, but we'll get into that. So Saudi Arabia has been attempting to rebrand itself on the world stage, building pie-in-the-sky mega-projects. Real estate is a big component of this plan. A linear city of this sort would consist of two enormous buildings connected by a high-speed rail line. End-to-end, would they're proposing, would be a 20-minute train ride, which is crazy, and would have homes, public parks, schools, offices, all laid on top of each other, uh, including... Not only just parks, but like public spaces and things like that for residents to enjoy. The budget for this, they're proposing, is about $500 billion. Which is not a lot, <laughs> I don't not, feel like. Not really when you see the, the grand scale of what they're proposing in the concept art um, and all of the technology that would go into this, for sure. Um, and this is kind of Saudi, Saudi Arabia's... This is kind of Saudi Arabia's reaction. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Cool little nickname there. <laughs> this is S. Arabia's, Saudi A's, uh, reaction to the perception that today's global cities are not designed with people in mind. However, linear cities are actually the epitome of urban design concepts that came out of the Industrial Revolution. So there, ha- there are examples of uh, architects and city planners, etc., groups of people that do this kind of thing, coming out with designs of this sort as early as the late 1800s, there are concept designs for things like this in Madrid, for instance. And one of the things that I saw, I didn't research it a lot, uh, just because it was just one of the examples that was given in one of the articles. Uh, but Madrid actually did this. They have this particular strip of road in the middle of Madrid that was, I don't remember the name of the, the idea or the concept or the project, but it, they did do it. However, after they did it, all that happened was they built off of that strip into what is Greater Madrid now. So they did technically do it. It just became the center of the city. Yeah, this this is a weird concept to me. And and when I first saw it, I didn't think it was real. Like, I thought it was really more of like a publicity stunt. Yeah. And then when I saw the other day that they had broken ground on it, I was like, wait, hold on, (laughs) you know. Um, and, and I believe we watched on, on one of the videos, I think it was one of the ones we watched together where Saudi Arabia, and I didn't know this, and, but, you know, thinking about it now, it, it makes sense. But like Saudi Arabia is about to lose a lot of money because Saudi Arabia, almost all of their income 
for the country is through oil. And yeah. there's a huge push in a lot of different countries to completely stop the use of oil and go all to like all electric and, you know, renewable energy. So like there's this giant economy that's about to have no source of income from the major, you know, the major supply, not suppliers. I mean, they are. They are a major supplier of. Well, the, yeah, I'm, the I'm saying like they're, they're about oil. to have no income from the major like What's the buyers. The word I'm thinking? Yeah. Yes. The, cut that so out. Cut 90 that, cut out me being stupid there for a second. <laughs> 90% of Saudi Arabia's Saudi Arabia's exports. Why am I having such a hard time saying Saudi Arabia? <laughs> 90% of this country's exports is oil. So yeah. like a lot of our oil even comes from this part of the country. Um so it's it's yeah, just like William said, the the figures that we saw in this video kind of paint a picture of Saudi Arabia's in trouble if electric cars and things like that start getting into the mainstream, which they definitely are. We have many, many companies starting to go that way. The usefulness and the demand for oil that is their major export is going to go down drastically. And so Saudi Arabia has to do something to kind of combat that and keep all the money they have. Because if you don't know, you should look up like the lifestyle of people that live in Saudi Arabia because it's honestly flabbergasting like the the money and the extravagance that they have yes. over there it's it's nuts it's like a country full of rich people yeah it's just like lambos abandoned on the side of the road kind of stuff yeah it, it, the homeless people have lambos yeah like, it's yeah and people so like they make almost 200 billion dollars a year from oil and they've been doing this for years and they've been the main supplier of oil for years Saudi Arabia has crap loads of money that they don't know what to do with. And so they see that like eventually they're, you know, they're not going to be selling as much oil because there's all these countries that are trying to go like no oil. So they're trying to like diversify and find some other source of income. So their solution is like all these mega projects to try to increase tourism. and that's going to be hard for them to do because it's hard to get people to just come visit Saudi Arabia for stuff. Like they've got a lot of oil, but man, it's, it's not a great part of the, the world. I'm not going to lie. Like there's not a whole lot of tourism to the middle East in that, in that area. And yeah. for them to try to make up 160 something billion dollars every year, which is what they're making from oil. Like that's going to be a tough, that's a tough feat. And I don't know, like the line, it looks pretty cool, but is that really something that, You'd go visit more than once, you know, <laughs> like, is that really going to attract the tourism that they're thinking? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people think of, hey, we have, you know, X amount of money to go on vacation. Where should we go? Oh, let's go to the Middle Saudi East, Arabia. To Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good point. Like, it's not a major tourist attraction right now. Um, yeah. And they're back, trying to change it. So I get that. Like, what? Yeah, but I not feel uh, like the, I feel like start with Disney World or something. Sure, but even <laughs> even the fact, even if they had a Disney World there, the politics and like the human rights stuff over yeah. in the Middle East is the big thing. Like, yeah. if you go into Saudi Arabia, which is hard to do in the first place, as especially like as an American, it would be a difficult thing to just like go on vacation there. And then could you could you leave? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 
there's a lot of other things to consider. Yeah, there's a lot of other things to be considered when you're thinking about tourism. And I don't know that I want to go see this mega city is is top of the list when when you're thinking about this kind of thing. As William mentioned, there's more than one project. The line is not the only thing that they're developing right now and throwing these billions and trillions of dollars at. There's also two other projects that are under the Neom uh, project umbrella, I guess you could say. Uh, one of them is called Oxagon, and it's a coastal city that looks like an octagon um, that's just kind of on the coast of Saudi Arabia and is another tourist destination that you can go and visit that seems very utopian in the, in the photos and the concept art. And then there's Trojna, uh, which is kind of in the mountains, the mountainous area. That they're also developing and are proposing that the Olympics will be held there uh, at one point. I, I'm not, I didn't read too much into that, but another two projects that they're currently trying to make happen uh, that I don't know that they've broken ground on yet. Uh, I could be wrong, but so it, it's not just the line. They're, they're trying desperately right now to diversify, like we were saying. So the line, essentially what they're trying to do is they're, they're making a, the, the vertical city, the vertical city, a linear city that's supposed to fit like 9 million people. And I'm not really sure if they're wanting to make this like a permanent residency sort of thing, or if this is just like a, basically a tourist vacation spot. Um, They haven't really said it's not, it's not taking over. They're not like building it in the middle of a city. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. If you know where the Red Sea is, it's on the right finger. And this whole and this little section that Neom has kind of built out to do all of their projects in um, the it's, it's essentially the, desert. I mean, it yeah, is a desert. It is. It's the desert. It's right in between Egypt and Jordan. So right, like right in that area there, if you know where the Red Sea is. Um, but it, it's it's interesting because they are trying to do a lot of cool stuff with it. So there's vertically layered homes. So they we said it's 500 meters tall which is taller than the Empire State Building. So this is this 100-mile-long building that's taller than the Empire State Building that's got vertical layered homes, offices, public parks, and public schools. Um, there's a year-round climate control of all the indoor and outdoor spaces. There's that, like Jackson said, the high-speed rail, which I've got some thoughts on. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> and, but what they're saying is it, it's going to be a five-minute walk to like every anemone you would possibly need. So it's not like you have to take the train all the way to the end to get the groceries. Like, yeah, there's a store to get your groceries within a five minute walk. Um, And then accessibility to parks and uh, natural elements within a two minute walk, which is crazy. So they're just going to have random fields. Yeah, they'd have to just place them everywhere. Yeah. Like parks every two minute walk. Yeah. For wherever the residents are going to be. Yeah, the layout is, is is a big question that I have. It's got to be cramped. Like, even though it is 100 miles long, it's got to be a cramped space. Well, let's talk about this. 9 million people in a 200 meter by 170 kilometer line. Okay. The current population of New York City is 8.4 million people. So imagine cramming everybody that lives in New York City in there and then adding another 500 people. 500,000 people <laughs> into that <Yeah>. space. <laughs> so that's, that's 10,000 people per mile. Oh, that's a lot. That's still a lot. 
That's a yeah. lot of people crammed in there. Now, I'm hoping that they're thinking like maximum capacity is Maybe. 9 million. So like, you know, people say like the, the fire codes in buildings, like hey, this building could fit 200 people, but like it's never going to have or it shouldn't have 200 people. But it's saying that's the most you could put in there. I'm hoping it's that's the most I could possibly put in there because that's a lot of people. 10,000 people per, per mile. That's a that's a lot of. That's not a lot of room, yeah, especially so if you're for, cramped in that small space. For reference, since we're using New York City, since it's the closest we can kind of find, the population density per square mile in New York City is 26,000 people per square mile. And that's a square, that's a square mile too. Yes, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, maybe that's not as bad. That's like half It still the- seems like a lot. Yeah. It seems like a whole lot. It seems like you would be walking to your favorite two-minute walk park and see like ten thousand other people there (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) like on the weekends you're trying to go to your favorite grocery store in the line and yeah you're just like running up against people like you would in the subway in new york city yeah shoulder to shoulder yeah it's like your your favorite green space is going to have at least five thousand other people that have that as their dedicated green space as well Mm -hmm. so on a saturday it's going to be that's going to be a busy green space you're not going to be able to do a whole lot I mean, you can't you can't play a game. You definitely can't throw a frisbee because you'd hit the wall. Yeah, but now you could fit a football field in the width of it. That is true. Uh, I mean, that's pretty decent. Technically, it's fair without stands. (laughs) So you you could possibly, depending on how they they design the layout, maybe throw a frisbee. But again, how many other people are throwing frisbees in that green space? It's true. So unless they, yeah, I don't know what Saudi Arabia's laws on frisbees are, but that's true. They could have a no frisbee allowed sign in the green space in the line. I don't. Do you think this is going to happen? I mean, do you think they're actually going to build this? Well, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning. They've already broken ground for this, but the issues that we're seeing and that we're already talking about are issues that experts have already kind of talked about and assessed so we do have i do have a list here of that i just titled why it might fail first of all the 500 billion dollar price tag on this seems like uh an undervaluation something of this scale Um, experts that have weighed in on this have actually said it's going to be closer to one trillion dollars to actually do everything they're wanting to implement in this space which again that does not seem like a whole lot for this yeah i think that's still under under evaluating yes these dreams that they're having well not to mention technology that isn't possible yet exactly that's which i think you're gonna get to later too yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) let's just go ahead and talk about it i mean this there are some technologies that don't exist that are huge roadblocks for a project like this first of all we talked about the rail system the train that they're wanting to build and in the in the pictures and the concept arts that i've seen it looks like they're going to have like three different layers of section or sections in this line so very bottom layer which will technically be underground supposedly is going to be your rail system and then right on top of that will be like your residential and your park areas then at the top or i'm sorry it'll be the second layer will be like the 
residential and employment stuff like office buildings, things like that. And then your top layer will be your green spaces, parks, et cetera, maybe groceries, grocery shops and amenities there as well. And when it comes to the rail system, the we're going to put this in miles per hour instead of kilometers per hour, just because we're Americans. Thank you. Uh, but <laughs> so traveling 106 miles in 20 minutes is what they're, they're saying end to end what this rail system will do so that you're no, no longer than 20 minutes away from anything you want in this line area. You would have to reach a speed of 318 miles per hour to do 106 miles in 20 minutes end to end. The fastest example of something even remotely close to this that we have is Virgin's Hyperloop which is their underground rail system they're developing. You guys might have, I think we've talked about Elon Musk's uh, boring company on the podcast before, but he's doing, trying to do something similar where he has this underground rail system that will revolutionize transportation. Well, Richard Branson and Virgin Mobile have already kind of started on this and have been doing this for several years now. And their project is called Hyperloop. And the fastest test that they have run, they have topped out at 288 miles per hour or 463 kilometers and that was without passengers because William will know this and anybody who's been on a maybe in the military will probably know this but like imagine you're on a plane and the acceleration speeds and the g-forces that you would have to endure for something to get up to top speed and travel that for 20 minutes I mean that that's taxing on the human body. Uh, well, I mean, planes move much faster than that, but it yes, the acceleration and deceleration they'd have to they can make that better. Um, yeah. I think the reason that Hyperloop has gone that fast is just because it wasn't as it wasn't weighing as much, uh, right. and that's why it was able to tap that out. Um, so obviously, when you put passengers on it, it's going to weigh that down more. I don't think necessarily that it's it would be taxing. But more so, it's just that's that's a lot of power to be able to do that speed. Yeah. Yeah. So power issues. Power yeah, issues power number issue, one, really. Yeah. Um, but we don't have an example of something going that fast in that amount of time. Yeah. With the propulsion method that they're wanting it to be. Correct. So that's yeah. a that's a pretty big roadblock. Uh, the other thing is the water desalination process that they would have to implement for yeah, a project this is like in the this. desert yeah <laughs> now they do have like the the seas on either side right they've got the uh the red sea on one side they've got the persian gulf and the gulf of oman and the gulf of aden kind of all surrounding the saudi arabia area uh, i guess i guess yemen is bordering the gulf of aden they probably wouldn't have access to that but red sea persian gulf kind of have it on either side right but like William said in the middle of the desert there's first of all just getting the water to this area because it's going to stretch across the Saudi Arabian desert and the second part is the desalination itself as the technology exists currently there's not a way to do it on this big of a scale um, they have desalination plants they have uh, desalination processes already obviously uh, people do it all the time but something to supply that amount of people with and then get it to everybody and not have like a 
a bottleneck of people that need water versus how much water has been uh, taken out and desalinized is another huge issue. I'm not a scientist or expert on desalination, but it's just what I've read. Well, and also the fact that like, this is not just regular water either. The Persian Gulf and the Red Sea, but aside from the Dead Sea, is some of the hottest and saltiest water of like ever. So it's not just like trying to get salt, a little bit of salt out of the water from, you know, just a, a yeah. stream that happens to be connected to the ocean. This is like there's not a whole lot of fish in there because it's it's just too salty. Yeah, it's similar to the Dead Sea. It's just like it's just not a good it's not a good source of water. And we don't really have the technology to provide that much water desalinized for that many people on a regular basis. I feel like uh, the company Brita filters has like a really good opportunity to do some sort of marketing with the line. They can make like their own, (laughs) the line line of Brita filters (laughs) or desalinize your tap water. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking like if they, they could even use this as marketing be like almost good enough to supply the line with water like yeah you can have that for free brita filters <laughs> no no what? come up no. with <laughs> come up with a really they're good multi-billion dollar corporation they don't get things for free <laughs> that's right never us. mind you can pay us for that but i can come up with some really good like taglines for you if you uh if you want to take that just send the check to amateur hour info at amateur uh <laughs> What's the, trying to give things to away box. for free <laughs> to a giant corporation? What's wrong with you? Yeah, so it, there's just there's a lot of stuff which it just doesn't seem possible. This thing is straight out of science fiction, and like the train, the the questions I had about it were like, okay, New York City is is in, it's not in a straight line, right? So they have a grid pattern for their subways. Like the subways can move up like around the city. It's not just in a straight line, but imagine how many trains they're going to have to have to be able to transport 9 million people. Obviously not all at the same time, right? Like not every single person is going to be on the train at the same time, but enough to like satisfy the requirement. Wait, when the, I am having such a hard time talking tonight. Like the infrastructure requirements for... Yes. So they're, they're going to have to have enough trains to be able to transport a city of 9 million people in a straight line, though. So this isn't broken up and this isn't spread out. Like, it's all in the same area. So, like, how many trains are they going to have to have? How many stations are they going to have to build? Like, how, how many minutes are you going to have to walk to get to a station if you're, like, dead sitter between two of them? Yeah. How many times are they going to have to stop? Are they going to have multiple sections? Like, are you actually going to be able to go from one end to the other? Or are you going to have to like get out like a quarter of the way and get on another one that's going to take you the other quarter of the way? You know, that's how I imagine it's probably going to go. But that's a good point like, because the, what if you don't want to go to the other ends? Yeah. Like you have you have to go somewhere in the middle. Do you decide? Oh, I'm just going to walk. But then if you have multiple stations and multiple stops, then you have the other added issue of the acceleration and the power that that would require to get back up to speed to reach that 20 minute mark like yeah yeah it's there's a lot of issues a lot of technical it seems like we're nitpicking here but like that's like it's just being technical with it like 
And how many stairs do you have to walk down to get to the train station? Exactly. It's on the That's first really level? what I want to know. Am I going to get my steps in or am I going to have to do other things? Because I'm definitely not walking 106 miles. And do you so, put your indoor walk on on your Apple Watch or do you put ooh, your outdoor walk a, on that's a good when you're walking the stairs in the line? <laughs> if you're like in a you green space. you put your space, outdoor walk on. Man, that's, see, these are the real hidden questions right now. <laughs> this is why we have a podcast. Are they all indoor workouts? Like if you go to a you know if you're working out on the green space is it an outdoor workout mm, how are you going to get you know uv from the sun everyone needs some vitamin d and if it's if it's closed up if you live inside of a building yeah they have natural airflow but i mean but also yeah. more even better question there are mirrors along this entire thing that yeah. building has got to be hot yeah that's that's the other thing is this is in the middle of the desert first of all and then the mirrors on the outside will help reflect like some of the sunlight and probably will reflect a lot of the heat as well. But then you got to think about like, it's still going to be warm in there. Like what's the, what's the air condition kind of situation inside the line? Uh, is there going to be some sort of airflow from the second layer up to the third layer where all the green spaces that supplies the plants with the oxygen and like, is the top yeah. opened? What's going to happen when it rains? Like there's, there's so many questions I have about the environment and like just weather. I know it doesn't rain a lot in the desert. I don't know how many inches of rainfall they get per uh, per year or anything like that. But if they're making green spaces, those plants are going to need light and they're going to need water, which will add to the desalination uh, desalination process and issues that they're having. Yeah, if anything, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like. Not only do they have to have enough water for people to drink, but all of the green spaces that are in a two minute walk of every single person there that are also going to need water. They can't have salt water unless they just put turf down. That's going to be that fake grass. <laughs> that's, fake how grass. They, that's how they meet the, the five fake billion. trees. They're all made of paper mache. And then you have a f- huge fire hazard. Yeah, that's fair. No, I mean, I, trees are expensive. So yeah. that would make a lot more sense how they're how they're getting that five hundred billion dollar budget just by getting fake trees. But that can't be good for moral morale in there. Yeah, you wouldn't think. I wouldn't think. No, I have seen. So I, I did see the airflow thing. They are exp- and I, I'm not finding it now, but I know for a fact I've seen a picture of it unless it's like one of those Mandela effect things. Um, something about circulating the airflow through all the layers. Just like you were saying. So like, okay, that must be where somehow I got that. there's some natural airflow that goes through everything some way, somehow. Again, I cannot find the picture that di- the diagram of it <laughs> for the life of me right now, but I know I've seen it. That's okay. I believe you because I'm pretty sure I saw the same thing and that's why I said that. Okay. So you mentioned the mirrored outside while we're talking about that. That's another issue that people have brought up. Experts have talked about how, how disruptive that will be to the natural habitat. Now there are animals in this desert and the way that this line is going to be stretching end to end, it's going to be like almost coast to coast as far as I can tell. And this is going to mess with the migration patterns of many species, not only land animals, but when you talk about avian bird, like birds, imagine Imagine you're a bird and you're just like flying your regular mag- migration pattern 
this this building is going to be taller than the Empire State Building. A lot of birds are not going to just fly over that, especially if there's a mirrored surface, because they're like, oh, look, it's just more desert. And then you're going to be having birds just hit the side of that thing like nobody's business, just killing birds over and over again. Well, imagine the, the field day that Windex is going to have. <laughs> yeah, it is like those Windex commercials. Yeah. The crows keep flying into the back door. <laughs> they're going to they are going to have a steady stream of income when this is made for sure. That's another thing. What is the upkeep on something like this? It's gotta be a lot. Yeah. How many interests are they going to have to this too? I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how they're handling the entrance thing. I did see one concept art where it borders, I guess the red sea. I wasn't sure exactly on that, but there is like a section in the concept art, they had like yachts and boats kind of parked on one end of it. And then there was kind of an entrance between the two layers yeah. on that side. Yeah, it's open on that side, I believe. Because one one of the layers goes out longer into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, surely that's not the only, uh, but that's the only one I've seen depicted, at least the only entrance. Mm-hmm. There's just so many. And I, I, okay. I will say, like, obviously, this is not exactly how it's going to be, right? This is concept art. This is what they're yeah. showing people to get investors. It's, I don't think this is what they're actually planning on it being, but they've got to hype it up to get investors, to get people to come, you know, work for them. But I'm just wondering, like, what is it actually going to be like? Because they are, like you said, they are building it, but I, I doubt it's going to get done in the timeline that they're saying, because they're saying like 2030 for this to be done. Yes. That's an, that's an a, almost like a little over six years. Yeah, they're saying that 2030 is when they're going to start moving people in. So like everything has to be yeah. in place before that time. Yeah. And are they going to add the mirrors last? You think <laughs> you think that's the last thing they do? I don't know. Like, what would it look like? Is it just like rebar? Or do yeah. they have like <laughs> flat walls and then they put the mirrors on? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Like concrete. So I do want to mention, so Mohammed bin Salam, which is like the leader of Saudi Arabia. I don't know if he's the prince. I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. I feel like he's some sort of prince of Saudi Arabia. Has been quoted as saying, and I found this in a couple of different news articles, that he really likes the aesthetic of like the cyberpunk uh, video game. And that, it, it, when you look at the concept art for the line, yeah. it does kind of look like a cyberpunk-esque futuristic quote-unquote utopian society. Now, how utopian it is versus how dystopian it is might be inter- uh, you know, up to interpretation at this point. What do you, what do you think about the, the cyberpunk aesthetic that he's going for? I mean, I could definitely see it for sure. Um, a little weird that we're basing uh, this giant mega project for billions of dollars based off of a video game. Um, <laughs> I don't know that it was based on that, but I know he was quoted as saying that he liked the aesthetic. Yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. Whatever. Make it futuristic. I mean, it's just a giant project. Might as well make it as cool as you can. Now, I will believe it when I see it when they actually build some of this stuff. I, I am excited to see if they actually do this. They do have a, a ton of money. Yeah. They have a ton of money. Maybe not for and long. <laughs> not for long. Yeah. The, <laughs> this is, this is taking up a large portion of it for sure. 
But if, if they can actually do even close to this, it would be very cool. I would like to go visit it if it's a, if it happens. Um, the only problem is it's going to be hard to visit it and don't really have any desire to go to Saudi Arabia. Um, there's yeah. not, not a lot of good things going on there. And there, in fact, there's a lot of bad things that's going on. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about some of the uh, controversies? around some of the human human rights violations that are happening over there yep yeah sure (laughs) and we maybe we can figure out why uh saudi arabia is not the best tourist destination (laughs) well you know i don't i didn't do a ton of research on the middle east and like the current climate there as far as politically and if it's safe for americans etc etc but based on this project and the other two projects under the Neom name, uh, the Oxagon and the Trojna, which we talked about earlier, there are some pretty major human, human rights violations going on with the people that live there in Saudi Arabia, namely around 20,000 al Huwatit tribe members, which are native to that land. Um, I, I couldn't find exactly if they were native to like the desert area that they're building on or the area where the uh, Oxagon was being built or the Trojna, but one of them uh, has been in the news recently for displacing these tribes people who have lived there for many, 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 many generations. Uh, So around 20,000 of them were facing eviction from their native land to make way for these projects, according to several news sources. And one man who was like one of the leaders of this tribe was even executed for publicly protesting the development of these projects. So that's pretty, that's not very nice. I don't know how to say that. Like, that's pretty atrocious. Like, that's that's a major atrocity. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is nothing really new either. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. So human rights, like, ranking... They are ranked, I believe it's there. Yeah, uh, their, their score is a 4.2 out of 10 mm. uh, on the scale for major rights uh, for repression of independent civil societies, um, arbitrary arrests of peaceful uh, dissidents and public, uh, public intellectuals and human rights defenders, uh, discrimination against other religious minorities. Um, no written laws whatsoever about like sexual orientation or anything like that. Um, that's been a, a known thing for a while. No projection or no protection of freedom of expression. Um, no respect for fair trials, anything like that. So th- there's a lot of problems that are going on in Saudi Arabia. And they have they have done some work in the recent years to try to amend some of these problems. They they have gotten slightly better, but it's it's very far from good. They're um, still executing people for protesting, though. So, yeah. Yes, they ranked 141 out of 149 when it comes to just human rights. So it's 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 not a great place. Uh, not really where you want to be, especially if you have a problem with what they're doing. Something else that's interesting that may lead to some human rights violations. And this, I think, is probably pretty universal to like futuristic cities, a residence that will be living in the line project that they're building will be paid quote unquote paid. I couldn't find a number figure on this, but they will be paid in exchange for the city having all access city, meaning the government having all access to their personal data 
in order to quote unquote better predict its residents' needs. Yeah. So that means like every online, everything, social security number, age, weight, you know, sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera. And they're they're billing this as hey, we need to know who you are, what you like, what you buy, what you're doing at all times, essentially a surveillance state, so that we can better predict with this AI stuff that we're going to be putting in the city, like robot maids and automated green spaces and automated transportation, so that we can like help you out. We'll know exactly when you need a flying car because we're watching you at all times. So that could lead to some pretty big issues yeah i i I don't like so they're they're pointing this up as like a when it not dystopia what's the i i seriously am having like brain aneurysm utopian yes they're painting this as a utopian society however every single aspect seems dystopian like yeah this eerie mirrored hundred line wall out in the middle of the desert that houses nine million people Um, basically like the encouraging of never leaving sort of thing because everything you could possibly need is in this little tiny space uh the artificial intelligence that they're expected to use to basically automate every single thing in your life the robot maids i mean this seems like like irobot mixed with every dystopian novel ever yeah like watching everything you do yeah it, it just it doesn't seem great and the fact that the government that ranks 141 out of 149 on human rights violations, like is the one in charge of it. Like the department of state um, says right now, reconsider travel to Saudi Arabia due to the threat of missile and drone attacks on civilians facilities. So that's just not really the place that I would like to go. Um, and imagine having, place I'd like to live. Imagine having a target that's 170 kilometers wide that you could drop a missile on. Right. Yeah. It won't be hard to find, but maybe maybe that's why they're putting the mirrors on the side. It'll be harder to find it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Like it's like a cloaking mechanism for the radar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Definitely not a giant heat-seeking missile point. (laughs) Wow, there's 170 (laughs) mile long heat signature in the desert. I wonder what that could be. (laughs) That's crazy. Um. One of the other things I wanted to mention, you, you, you talked about like a self-contained kind of thing with the, the architecture and the utopia. There was back in the 70s, a, a group called Super Studio who did a kind of like an art project essentially is what it was re- regarding architecture and futuristic architecture. Uh, and it was called the Continuous Monuments. And it was dreamed up in 1969, and it's a critical warning against the relentless urbanization of the planet. It is part endless office block and part minimalist land art. And if you go to, if you just search up Super Studios Continuous Monument, there's some really good like articles and pictures that you can see of this project that this super group did. And it's pretty cool to see. I mean, as a concept, as a work of art, it's a very neat thing to observe however it seems like some people saw this piece of artwork and warning as like oh this would be really cool to do something like this and kind of gathered inspiration for uh linear cities rather than heeding the warning that the actual artists and architects were telling people uh that this is not a good idea it's architecture taking over nature 
essentially is yeah. what it is. Well, it, it's a very similar concept to when Metaverse uh, changed their name to Metaverse. And like the Metaverse is like this dystopian society in this book that was yeah. made in like the 80s or 90s. And they're that's like, oh, true. that's a great idea. Like they took this artwork and they're like, oh, this, this looks awesome. We should do that. And it's the same thing. It's like it's based off of a company that literally said that this would be a dystopian society. There's one picture in particular when you look up the continuous monument where there's a, a man on a boat coming towards this. That's the best one. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just this giant city that's encased in this glass. And I mean, that, that literally looks exactly like what the line is, um, except it's mirrors instead of glass. But yeah, it's I don't know. There's just a, there's a lot of things that point to this shouldn't be a thing. Like what is why is this necessary? What what are they trying to accomplish here? I think they're trying to accomplish sustainability and in a compact way. Yeah. And we we talked about the carbon neutrality earlier. I wanted to put a couple of figures out there since we we spoke about it. Um the actual experts that have studied this, maybe once it's built, it'll be quote unquote carbon neutral if they can actually get the technology to make the city run efficiently how they think it's going to. But experts are saying that 1. billion tons of carbon emissions will be produced just from the construction alone of the line. And that's equivalent to over four years of the UK's total emissions. So four years of the United Kingdom putting out emissions is the same as the 1.8 billion they're thinking it's going to cost to construct this to be fair though uk is not very big that's true however i think it speaks to the lack of carbon neutrality that they're they're touting now whether or not it will be carbon neutral once it's completed that is yet to be seen but that that also hinges on are they going to have the technology to make this place run 1.8 billion i mean that's that's less than one year in the u.s so i mean you know that's not a whole lot i feel like they kind of this that article, whoever made that must be from the UK because no one else Possibly. finds the UK relevant when it comes to uh, <laughs> anything, really. UK but, doesn't matter. What are y'all talking about the UK for? Yeah, they lost the war. They don't matter. <laughs> How do you go from owning 90% of the world to almost nothing in like a few hundred years? That's pretty bad. Really angering our uh, UK listeners right now. Yeah, all three of them. All three of them. Hurts, ain't it? <laughs> hey pip that's a lot of emissions eh <laughs> you're lucky i'm listening on tuesday on tuesday bruv tuesday is my chill day oh man i'm so sorry yeah i'm not i apologize um, for both of us <laughs> yeah so that's the line i mean it what do you think, Jack? I mean, like, what what were your impressions when you first saw it? But getting all the technical stuff aside, what was your first impression seeing it? My first impression when I first heard about it was excitement. Because I like that kind of futuristic aesthetic. The concept art was really cool to me. I didn't consider, you know, on our first on my first viewing of it, the massive amount of issues there would be, including the human rights violations. And I think that's probably what they were hoping investors would would talk about, too, was like, oh, this is a great opportunity. This is futuristic. We're, we're putting our country on the map for the future and everybody's going to come visit us. And they didn't think, oh, wait, nobody wants to come here because it's dangerous. Um, but, you know, the more I think about it, it's still a really cool concept. 
I just don't know that they can pull it off the way that they're they're hoping. And what I'm predicting might happen. Have you ever seen Snowpiercer? I haven't. Do you know what it's about? I do not. So it is a dystopian, I believe it was a novel first, but they they made it into a a movie and I I watched the movie it came out several years ago now. But essentially it is this bullet train that has been going on the track. It's called the Snowpiercer. And it's been going on a track for many years, many generations. People were born on it, etc. Because the Earth, as we know it, had reached a point where it was unlivable. It It had frozen over and nobody could go outside of the train. And they couldn't stop the train because it would, you know, everybody would freeze and die. The main point of the Snowpiercer and the main plot was... That all of these train cars, the, the further you went into the train car, the more like lavish and the, it would be and the more amenities people would have. And then the train cars were separated eventually over the generations by classes of people. So you had like the, the best of the best. You have like the engine room where the, the, con- the conductor of the train was and he was the leader of the entire Snowpiercer uh, colony. And then you go back and there's like the really rich people that could afford to buy their way onto the train and they have all these amenities. And then you go on so forth and so forth until you get to the very back of the train where you have the lower class working people that like shoveled coal into the train to be able to make it go. And they did all the dirty work and the sanitization jobs, et cetera. Well, to me, the line seems like if it were a dystopian movie, Eventually, this is where we would get to. We're going to pack 9 million people into this. I don't know what it's going to cost to move in. I don't know if they're going to pay you to live there. I don't know if you're going to have to pay to live there. But eventually, there's going to be some sort of weird classist system, if this were a novel or a movie, where the lower class of people are going to be pushed down to the train level, and they're going to live in the subway tunnels. And then you have the second, second working class people on the second level and then the rich people get to live on like the green space level yeah. and they get everybody on the lower levels to work for them. That's just yeah. like in my mind how this would go if it were a movie. Probably. Yeah. I could see that. And now I want to go watch Snowpiercer again. Yeah. Is it good? It's very good. If you haven't hmm. seen Snowpiercer, everyone, I would highly recommend going and watching it. It's this is with Chris Evans, right? Yeah. 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 Tilda Swinson's in it. Um, Chris Evans. There's a lot of good people in it. Uh, there's also a show that came out on Amazon, I think. Might be HBO. I'm not sure. But it's got David Diggs in it. And I haven't watched that yet because it was like pay-per-view, essentially. You had to buy this, the seasons of it. Mm-hmm. But eventually, when that comes out free to watch on streaming services, I'm going to watch it, too, because it got good reviews. Yeah, that's, that's how I see this. It's a, it's a dystopian future masked and disguised as a utopia. Yeah. My first thought was again I thought it was super cool and I still think it's really cool like it is yeah it's hard to get past the whole human rights violations thing um that's kind of a big deal I'm not going to lie but if you can look past that <laughs> which William <laughs> no, is willing to just, do no I'm, I'm not willing me. to do I'm just saying like if you do look past that it's a cool thing it's a cool concept that will like you said will probably go more of a dystopian route but it is a cool it is a cool concept like it is very futuristic i'm all for like futuristic things i'm all for the making of like 
flying taxis and, you know, flying cars, which I think will be a disaster and will probably never be how we envision it in our heads because there's just so many things that go into that that people don't understand. But like, I, I'm all for those sort of things. I think it's super cool. Like the move to more science fiction type technology is amazing. And I will always push for that. However, I don't think it's going to work like we think it is. And this concept, this line is definitely not going to look like what the concept drawings look like, because that's just not how our society is yet. Like in a few hundred years, maybe that's what things will look like. But right now, that's just not what things look like. And I think it would be too much of a change for people to be okay with right now. Like we have to slowly get there. You can't just force the futuristic stuff on us. Like you have to let people evolve to that. And I think that would just be too much of a change, even if they were able to get it to look like that, you know, and have that kind of technology. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't feel like people would warm up to that as easily as they think. Yeah. That's the other thing we really didn't talk about um, is convincing people, 9 million people, maybe total to actually live here and shop here and send their kids to school here to, you know, work in office buildings in the line, uh, do their grocery shopping, et cetera, et cetera. Just live their everyday lives inside of this space. Yeah. I, I wonder how many people there in Saudi Arabia are like super stoked to see this concept come to life and, and what people are saying, you know, what are our leaders doing and can't say anything about it because they don't have the voice to do so? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in 2030 if they do actually like get this done and people resist and, and don't move in like, or even, even worse, maybe the electric car stuff in the next six years ramps up enough to, kind of take over and push out half the market of of diesel and fuel uh gasoline powered cars and Saudi Arabia loses half of their worth and half of their income and this is another unfinished project on their report card which they have many of by the way we didn't get into yeah what happens to Saudi Arabia when they they put all of this money into this project and projects like these and they just go bankrupt like what happens yeah i don't see this project lasting long yeah i don't think it's going to happen uh, like you said i mean they, they are going to be the reason they're doing is because they know they're going to lose money now i don't think they're going to go bankrupt over this but i don't think they're going to finish it i think they're going to get you know a good chunk of it at least started and then be like ah maybe we should scrap this um but that's just my prediction. I think it'd be cool if they finished it, but I just, I don't see it happening. Yeah. The other, what, what do I know? I mean, I'm not the, I'm not the project manager for it. I'm not Saudi Arabia. Oh, you're so, not? No, you're not I'm the not. project it, manager for this. Why are you even common confusion, a common misconception there. I am actually not from Saudi Arabia, nor am I the project manager on the line. Got it. But okay. I, so I could be completely wrong, but I just don't, you know, like I just don't see it happening. It's too, it's too futuristic. It's like when they released that concept for the the nuclear powered plane cruise ship that never has to come back down. And if you've never seen the pictures of that, it's actually insane. But I've never even like, heard of that. It will never happen. It's a nuclear powered cruise ship that is an airplane. But like, again, that will never happen. That's weird. Yeah. 
It looks, looks like awesome. A, it looks like a sky whale. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the front it, of it looks like a huge whale. <laughs> it's so funny looking. Yeah. Will oh, never man. happen. But, you know. I don't Nuclear know. Nuclear powered cruise, flying cruise ship could stay airborne for years at a time carrying 5,000 guests. Wow. That's intense. It has a plane on it that you could fly away. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I I am very curious, especially since they've broken ground and actually started this project, how far they're going to take it until somebody says, "You know what? Never mind." <laughs> or they get to the part where they have to figure out like the layout and people that drew up the concept art are like, oh, actually, this is not practical. Or, you know, they get to the part where they go to the build the train and they're like, actually, we haven't reached the speeds we need that we promised yet. But we're going to put it in anyway. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to follow this project and see where at what point they call it and they toss yeah. their cards in. Or is this going to be like a fire festival sort of thing where like everything's kind of built up and there is most of the things that they promise, but it's just like not quite what you paid for. Like, All the grocery stores have cheese sandwiches and stuff. Yeah, of real food. <laughs> so I was yeah. literally about to say it's not gourmet <laughs> food; it's cheese sandwiches. But they still have food, you know. It's yeah, it's not it's not a bullet train, but it is a Tesla going through a tunnel. But yeah, on a it's track. still transportation. <laughs> yeah. Only one at a time, though. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. It'd be interesting to see, like, like I said, we've got six years, you know, I'm sure in, in about five years, we should do an update, figure out what's going on, um, yeah. <laughs> do another episode on it. Maybe we'll start, if there's any major updates, we'll start including them in some of our news episodes, because uh, this is going to be a very interesting, interesting thing to see develop. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you have any thoughts on the line or Saudi Arabia's new projects or the future in general or ideas for this podcast on episodes that we could do, you can email us. Info at AmateurHourPod.com is our email address. You can tweet at us, Instagram, or find us on TikTok at Amateur underscore pod. And if you'd like to support us financially, you can actually join our Patreon for only $3 a month and get access to all the video portions of our podcast, as well as access to the Discord server and other bonus episodes that are very, very good, if I do say so myself. You can find that at patreon.com slash amateur hour pod. But if you can't support us financially, we definitely understand the best thing you can actually do for us is make sure you're subscribed, first of all, and then leave us a review on either Google or Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. Leave us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. And then tell a friend about, you know, if y'all are having yeah. a conversation about the line in Saudi Arabia, be like, wow. I listened to this great podcast the other day where these guys broke it down for me, for me to very easily understand. Or maybe we yeah. didn't, but you should still send it to them anyway. Yeah, this might be a horrible episode. <laughs> and we're like, actually, don't tell people about this one, but tell them about all the other ones. Yeah. Um, There's yeah, got to be no, something did, there that somebody will like. Send it over. Exactly. Guys, we have so many different varieties of topics that we talk about. You've got at least two or four or probably all of your friends that would find one of these episodes interesting. So tell a friend about it. Uh, spread the word. Help us out. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. As a listener, yeah. that's our one request and your homework assignment. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya.